Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bros Pod. We have a special episode today. We took a break from sports in this Thanksgiving week uh, to talk to one of our original friends of the program and go back to one of our original stomping grounds, uh, the restaurant Chocolat, and we talked to Leon Ellis, the owner of Chocolat, and just tried to catch up with him and find out how he's doing, uh, you know, how he weathered this pandemic storm, and we know it's still continuing. Uh, so we wanted to get his thoughts and touch base, like I said, with an original friend of the program. So that's coming up next. But of course, we have a word from our sponsor. Bros Pod is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving week, and we all know what that means football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this Thanksgiving week and beyond. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Hey everybody, welcome to us yet another edition of Bill Roden on Sports Bros Pod. Um, this is somewhat of a a historic podcast in that uh, we're live you know pre-pandemic we used to always go on location but because of the pandemic we kind of shut everything down and um, it's appropriate that uh, when we reopen we're here in Harlem at the world famous Chocolat restaurant uh, we've done a lot of podcasts from Chocolat uh, and uh, a little later on, we're going to be visiting with the owner of Chocolat Restaurant, uh, Leon Ellis. Leon, you can say hey. Hello. He's welcome, modest. W- welcome to Chocolat. Yeah, it's great being here, man. It's really it's nice being here on a. Uh, awesome to be here. Yeah, really nice yeah. being here on a Tuesday. Just like, like old times. Just like old times. Yeah. The new normal. The new normal. That's right. Yeah. And I'm also here with some very special guests. Of course, here with my co-host. The great Jamal Murphy sitting right next to me, Murph. How you doing, Bill? Great to be doing this again from you know lot from a real venue, inside a restaurant. I can't, I can't, I can count on my hand the number of times been in and dined in a real in a restaurant, you know, since the pandemic. So this is a this is a big deal. Um, so it's, I'm glad to be back here up in Harlem. Yeah, this is truly great, and we've got a we've got a a very unique cast of characters. Of course, we've got. Uh, uh, Jamal's oldest son, uh, Kareem Murphy, who's graced us with his presence. Kareem, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing good, and hello. Hey. So thank you for joining us, Kareem. You're welcome. Yep. And then here with uh, yet another historic moment, 
uh, a great friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends actually since Harlan High School in Chicago, if you can believe that. Uh, like, I think I met Mark, Mark Washington in 1963. Uh, he was a junior at Harlan High School in Chicago. I was a mere freshman. I can remember as if it was yesterday. I was standing in line, you know, running past patterns, and the guy in back of me, Mark was in front of me, then there was a guy in back of me. And Eddie Parch, who's the quarterback, said, okay, we're going to run sidelines. And the guy behind me said, how do you run a sideline? And I said, I guess you do anything. And Mark looked back at me and said, is that what you do, anything? <laughs> <laughs> and that set the tone of, the, of our relationship. But Mark was the tone. Anyway, but Mark is here with his uh, beautiful wife, Linda Washington. They're here um, in New York. Their grandchildren are here participating in the Macy's Day Parade. Anyways, I want to welcome uh, Mark Washington. Mark, welcome. Thank you, Bill. I didn't. I didn't say that, did I? You said, and you said that. <laughs> did it really? Well, that was many years ago, and I'm, you know, I'm now, um, I'm trying to follow your footsteps now. <laughs> but thank you. I'm enjoying it here. Uh, it's like Stevie Wonder said. It's like New York, just like I pictured it. <laughs> <laughs> Having a great time so far. You know, enjoying the. Uh, Big Apple, and especially delighted to be here in Harlem, you know, because again, this is the historic place that we've all, you know, heard about and seen on television and visited when we could, you know what I mean? So, this is a great opportunity. And we had some fantastic food, by the way, at the restaurant here. Glad to hear it. Serious. Dynamite. <laughs> Thank you. It was great. So, a um, couple of things, Leon. Um, I think one of the last podcasts we did was here. And yes. then uh, mm -hmm. COVID came and uh, stopped everything. So I guess sure the, the obvious question: I mean, how, how have you been? How have you been making out during COVID? What What have these eighteen months been like? And it's been interesting, yeah. challenging, and um, giving us opportunities to be more creative. Because when this thing first started, no, no one knew what to expect. It just sort of came with its own energy or lack thereof, and we had to adjust very quickly. So we did. We downsized. We pretty much let everyone go for a short period of time and uh, start bringing people back as it progressed and things began to change. But it looked real bleak for a moment because it was just the everything was unexpected. And so um, we followed the guidelines of the city and the state as naturally we had to. And then within our own selves, we just dug in and say, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to get through this process. Not knowing that it's going to be two years later, mm. wow. you know, that it, it would even take this long because no one really understood what was happening at that moment. And as things went along, we got more acclimated with the challenges, right? So uh, we, you know, we adjusted. And we continue to do that, actually, because... Um, uh, we thought COVID was going away, and then it reared its ugly head again. And then we have this in New York City. We have a, a mandate that uh, we have to comply with that. So that was another, you know, the day before the mandate started, we were active, doing good business. And the day it was enacted, we were just empty all day. 
And so we've been going up and down, you know, through that. And we're just riding the waves and staying above water and finding ways to be creative. And coming out of COVID, um, you know, we feel like we're stronger definitely operationally, mentally, because we've sort of learned to deal with unexpected challenges. What was the most innovative thing uh, you had to do? You mentioned challenges a couple of times. What was the most innovative thing that you, you've had to do? So we, we, our concept is the dine-in concept. And we had to adjust to um, taking out and delivering. So we had to totally readjust uh, what we did. Um, we had a full staff. And we had to, had to adjust to working with limited staff. Of course, people, lots of people did not want to uh, come back to work. But the ones that did, we were happy to have them. And, um, and uh, we got more understanding of the kind of marketing that it would take for a business to succeed. You know, when you, um, pre-COVID, when things are going along, in any 24-hour period, you're fully uh, involved. And sometimes you can't even see the the forest for the trees, right? <laughs> and you need a moment to come up and breathe. Well, COVID actually, in a very profound way, gave us a moment to breathe, right? Mm. Uh, even though that's not the choice we wanted to make, right? So we adjusted, and we realized that in order for us to succeed at the highest level, that we had to reinvent the way we operate and the way we get people to learn about who we are and what we are. But throughout all that, we've been extraordinarily fortunate that you know the product has been consistent. And um, that is the cornerstone of what we do, is to be consistently consistent. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, just so people know, uh, we're here at Chocolat Restaurant. You're here on Frederick Douglass uh, and with a 119th? 120th Street. 120th Street 120th. in Harlem. And uh, like I said, you know, what um, you said you had to be inventive. Uh, what about the outdoor dining? One of the things I've, I've noticed, uh, which I kind of like, because, you know, during the heart of COVID, and maybe we're still in the heart of COVID, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. we keep saying like it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> and I'm still talking. But mm. one of the things I like, particularly in New York, uh, is the outside dining. People are building little tents and huts and things like that uh is outdoor dining something that you embraced and is it uh was it like a life raft is it something you want to continue doing it was a life raft and still is um the city was creative in that and the um frederick douglas boulevard association the alliance allowed us to do open streets where we're able to utilize the sidewalk and on the weekends, we can seat people that is true, we were closed off. That was a boon for us because we couldn't seat people inside the restaurant. So, and people went along with it and people were happy to be out. And so it, it, it revolutionized us from where we were and it brought us, it actually was a life raft as you described because it allowed us to stay afloat during that period and allowed us to serve uh, of course, limited operationally, um, but it was a major thing for us. And sidewalk dining continues to be a major thing. Even in the winter, some people want to sit outside when it's cold. And so, um, 
And so we, we welcome that and we encourage it. And uh, next year in the spring, we look forward to even expanding that. Hmm. All right. Um, I know, are you going to... Uh, are you going to build anything? I know a lot of people got very creative with the building. Um, you know, building like little, I don't know what you call them, little hutches or mm. many types of things. Are you guys going to do that? Okay, so we are fortunate that we have a large uh, space on the sidewalk for seating. Um, some restaurants have limited seating and they have to use the street right next to the sidewalk. So what we did was we installed new awnings. Uh, that went out further, that go out further in the street so we can have more seating. So it allowed us to expand without having to build those structures. Um, a lot of restaurants build them because they needed to. Um, and th there was a point when we had those, um, um, <coughs> those tents. We had maybe six or seven tents on both sides um, during the winter. And we had to put in heating um, so people can sit and be by themselves instead of being inside. So it was, it, it, the city was very creative and, um, and allowing us to find different ways to get people to continue to having a dining experience, which we were finding out is an integral part of life in New York City and all major cities. All right. Um, what... Uh uh, how far are you back in terms of? Um, well, one of the things I want to ask you is what what are sort of the COVID protocols? You know, we're we're doing things now that we never thought of doing. Mm -hmm. When you come to the restaurant, you got to mm -hmm. show, mm -hmm. you know, show your COVID card, yes, which yes. you've mm -hmm. never done before. Mm -hmm. uh, how far back are you in terms of uh, uh, indoor dining? I don't know where you were pre-COVID, mm -hmm. but where are you now? Well, now there are no limitations on indoor dining so long as people are vaccinated. So that immediately eliminates the percentage of people who aren't. So when, once a, a person comes in, we check to make sure that they are vaccinated and they have official um, identification to prove that. And right now, that's the only thing that we, and oh yeah, we wear masks. The staff has to wear masks. And but when, before we got to this point, it was a lot more restrictive. Um, diners had to sit six feet apart. Um, they had to wear masks while they're not dining. When they get up to go to the bathroom, they had to wear masks. We had to have sanitizers all over the restaurant. We still do. And uh, we had to have uh, a distancing, you know, um, putting placements on the floor, telling people the distance that they had to maintain. Um, and so I'm sure there are some things that I'm not remembering now. Um, but, um, we had to really limit people. Sometimes people had to wait outside until people were standing in here in the foyer leave because we couldn't have people, um, too close together. Mm. Now the main thing is for people to be vaccinated. And so that's now, that now is a major criteria along with, um, the staff wearing masks and of, of course, always having um, sanitizing stations. All right. Um, what, uh, first, Kareem is sitting over there patiently. What did you have to eat today, Kareem? And could you tell us what, 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 how, whether you liked it or not? What did you have to eat today at the restaurant? When, when? Tonight. Oh, um, well, I had, well, I had um, a burger with some fries, um, but it was very good. 
um, everything here is, I mean, I really like this restaurant. It's a very good restaurant. Um, I saw the outside looks very cool, and I really like this restaurant. It's a very good restaurant. You, you did a very good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So how, how would you describe the industry as a whole, the, the restaurant industry? I mean, I was, I was talking to Bill earlier today, and there are so many restaurants that have shut down. Um, like like some of my favorite restaurants in Brooklyn or wherever and mm-hmm. places I never thought would shut down mm-hmm. even through this mm-hmm. and that's happened so how do you know what do you how do you see the industry as a whole and how were you able to withstand it well the industry the hospitality industry has been um, hit in a way that has never occurred before not just restaurants but hotels and um, other places like that um, event halls where people are not able to get together like they normally would. <clears throat> I know we lost, uh, um, the industry has lost a tremendous number of places. Um, I don't know why specifically, but in general, getting people to work is one. Um, not being in a place where people can come out to dine uh, with all the restrictions involved. Having to stay close for a year and a half is a tremendous, that's like 10 and a half years for an establishment to maintain itself during that period. It's a real challenge. And so um, we're just extraordinarily blessed and we're extraordinarily grateful that we're able to navigate the process. Very early on, we got together with a team and we sort of um, created a strategy as to how we're going to move through this process. Taking into consideration, we didn't know what the process was going to be, right? We didn't know what today was going to look like a year and a half ago. And so it was a great unknown. Um, but I learned that during that time, we did a tremendous amount of creative marketing so we stayed on our guests mind we stayed in front of them right we did a lot of um community related things we did a lot of work with organizations we fed the homeless we fed the food challenged we went all over the city um feeding people different places we um had food giveaways here I think it was on on every Wednesday uh, for people to come. And we try to find partners to work with us to make that happen. When we do that, it it means that we stay relevant. And so by staying relevant, when um, things open back up, I think that um, I don't want to say it was a soft landing because it certainly wasn't. And it certainly isn't even at this moment. But people, we stayed in front of people on a consistent basis. We didn't disappear for an extended period of time. We still marketed, especially through social media, um, on the radio, every opportunity we get, we got. Um, being able to do things to support the community that supports us. Um, because we're ingrained in Harlem. We've been here for an extended period of time. And we believe in the Harlem community. It's a strong community economically and culturally. So we want to be a part of that, you know. So working through this process for us, 
we were able to make it happen because the community continues to support us. And first opportunity that people got to dine out, they came to us, mm. right? And so when they came to us, we did our best to deliver the best product with the best service. And we're continually evolving because we really don't know. At this time, we really still don't know. Um, but we're, you know, we, we're innov- I believe we're innovative and we try to be creative and we believe. Belief is the key component in the process. We believe. And so because we believe um, in ourselves, we believe in our community, we believe in God, we believe that, you know, when you do good things, it, 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 um, it creates a path through which, you know, you can make progress. Leon, my husband Mark and I had the opportunity to dine here this evening, as you know. Thank you. And I want to congratulate you, first you, of all, um, on the family atmosphere and the friendly atmosphere mm-hmm. and the quality of the food. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you that the biscuits were incredible. Biscuits were incredible. Coming from you. I, I received that. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, we are from the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. We live in Virginia, and so I would uh, encourage all of our friends, whenever they visit New York, Thank you. to come to Chocolat. Absolutely. But I am curious, why the name Chocolat? It's really simple. I love chocolate. I do too, Leon. <laughs> with kindred spirits. With kindred, and not just that, but what, what it, um, it works in two ways. As much as I love chocolate, it's the hue of the color that represents us. And so I felt that subliminally, I would be able to use that as a good reason and at some point, someone would begin to understand and put both things together. Yes. Well, that yeah. certainly came across uh, in your restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you, obviously, mm-hmm. and also everyone who works here. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, the food was excellent. Mm-hmm. I had the lobster mac and cheese. And, mm-hmm. and the variety mm-hmm. that you offer is mm-hmm. incredible. So congratulations. Thank and you we so will much. be back. She's going to be on a marketing <laughs> team. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, this is amazing. I'm ecstatic. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. So you. Much. Now, Le- Leon, I had one additional question, too. You also have uh, carry-out also? Yes, we do. Because we one do. of the things that my wife and I, when, of course, when the COVID was like it was, mm-hmm. we didn't go to restaurants at all. But what we did was we ordered, you know, carry-out, mm-hmm, particularly mm-hmm. from restaurants that we know and enjoy right, of course of and course. so mm-hmm. a restaurant like this for example mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. one of our favorites and so right, right. In, in in light of you know not being able to come in we would mm-hmm. definitely you know come in and get carry out thank you so much i appreciate that and then i'm glad you raised that point because there is a point there was a point where that's all we did and we had never done focused on it like that before because that's not what we do sure. but we had to adjust and now we continue to do lots of takeout we continue to because i had this experience once and i, I got to share this with your audience right a friend of mine came into the city and um decided not to go out and eat so i came here and we met at, at this particular place and i came into the restaurant and i got a little bit of everything I got some fried chicken, I got some mac and cheese, I got some short ribs of beef, I got some ribs, and we all got together, and 
we were eating out of maybe 10 different takeout containers, right? It's the best food I ever had. I couldn't believe it. I said, this cannot be our food. It's so good because I never had that experience. But what I learned is that when we, when someone comes into the restaurant and they order their food, the food is fixed when they're having it. In other words, the fried chicken you had was just fried, right? So it's fresh and it's coming out. What I discovered is that if you cover it and you take it home and you not eat it for an hour and a half, it tastes 10 times better. I just, I was in shock. So, so I, can, I, can, I can certainly appreciate when someone tells us how good the food is when they take it out. And once we started doing that takeout, it, the business grew. The business grew. We, we, I never know. I did not know that. That was a learning experience for me. What about? And we love to open a restaurant in Washington D.C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, she's Linda, Linda. Linda was setting the table, <laughs> and she'll be your marketer. Of course, oh, without question. <laughs> Listen, she has clarity. I can. It, it was. There's it, nothing else to be said. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, what about the competition now that? You know, you know, this thing seems to have the pandemic. At some point, all the restaurant people, the associate had to bind together mm-hmm. and make it work. Mm-hmm. Now that you're at this point, is the competition as fierce as ever? Has it changed anything in terms of restaurants working together? Or are you back to kind of, you know, well, dog eat dog? Well, you know, Bill, you, you and Jamal, you got your, your family. You've been here with us through all this process pre-pandemic and you know that we're firmly embedded in in what we do as you know when we opened this place what what year was that 2010 there were no other there's nothing like this here this place didn't look anything like this it looked like it was in, in the 60s burnt out and i'm not exaggerating lots and people not wanting to walk in the avenue and when we came and we opened up, it changed the dynamic. And what that did was it made it more attractive to the New York Times, for example, did lots of articles and all the changes happening in Harlem. Uh, but I got a feeling that a lot of times they wrote those articles from a distance and not coming into underground and having a clear understanding of the dynamic of the community. What that did, those articles from the New York Times and the um, and other news organizations, that it began to attract other restaurateurs, other business people to come in and to open restaurants. The thing is, a lot of those restaurants were not embedded in the community. I, I don't want to use the word carpetbaggers, but people just seem to just come in because it's a new environment and it's an opportunity for them to come in and grab from the work that we did 25 years leading up to where we are right now. So what was helpful to us is people knowing us and the community knows me and know that I'm fully committed to the community. And I believe that that was a major help for us and I believe it continues to be that. Kareem, you have a question? Was it hard when, like, the pandemic started coming in? And, like, how did you feel when, like, 
you had to like change everything. You had to change. Like, how did you feel when the pandemic started coming in? Like, how did you feel? So here's the thing. I pray a lot. I, I literally do every day, many times during the course of the day. And um, when this new thing came that we didn't understand, I prayed even more, just for clarity and understanding of how and what it's going to take for us to navigate this process because we really didn't know, right? So it was a challenge. I'm, I can say that I'm fortunate in life to have experienced lots of challenges. When I'm going through those challenges, though, I don't think I'm so fortunate because <laughs> the challenge is it can be defeating, but it can also give you an opportunity to dig deep within yourself and find that self within you that can overcome that challenge. And I always believe that, <coughs> to a great extent, challenges are placed in front of us to, or for us to give us the opportunity to overcome them and to grow from them. So the next time something comes up, we are more armored uh, mentally and sometimes physically to take them on, right? So no, I wasn't happy about it, but we had to, one of the first things we did is that we sat down and we talked through it. Like what is it that we need to do to stay relevant, to stay in business? And we hung on to every bit of news that we got because like everyone else, we didn't know what was going on. And fortunately for us, we're just so very fortunate that we're able to work through the process. And I have another question for you. Was this, like when you first started making this place, like when, when it first came, was it in Harlem still? Chocolat is, was the first location. Actually, that's an excellent question. This is not the first location of Chocolat. We, um, we opened Chocolat on 5th Avenue, 111th Street. And we operated for a year during which time we were building this place. Um, but once we came here, it was the first place of this, that, this time here. Okay. Man, that was Kareem Murphy, uh, man. I, very I like it. Very I like, impressive. Uh, oh, I'm impressed. Kareem, man, well, very impressive. Great questions. Yeah. Very clear. Yeah. Wow. How would you like to be the co-host? Give, uh, <laughs> give some credit to his dad. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, I, like I know. That. Great job, I like man. That. Great job yeah. too, Murph. I like you that. Got, we got a got a buddy, like buddy like journalist it. here. I like that. Right. Um, I guess so. You know, our our, our guest has been we your guest, uh, Leon Ellis, the entrepreneur, uh, owner of Chocolate Restaurant. I didn't know that. You know, that was a great question. I didn't know that this was not his first restaurant. No. Very right. good. Yeah, that was Very, an excellent question. Excellent yeah, question. Yeah. So just uh, kind of take us home, uh, Leon. You talked about faith and that type of thing. And I'm just wondering, uh, are you, you – know, you've, you've been through a lot just to build something like this. You know, we've talked a lot. Uh, I was telling Mark and Linda, I've had, like, book parties here. Yeah, over the years, yeah. Over the years, yeah, I've yeah, had yeah, uh, yeah. Leaving, the, leaving the Times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I came here and had the party mm -hmm. here. You've been, um, like, an amazing supporter, and I just I want to take this opportunity, opportunity to thank you for that because with your breadth of influence, you can go anywhere and um, down at any place, and you choose to, to do lots of your events here, family events, so I'm grateful to you for that. Yeah, and you've been very supportive, too, yeah, from being at the Times, <coughs> being here. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, we have a 
proposition for you. <laughs> after, after we finish, now you put this on the record. Uh, but just, uh, I'm just curious. You know, you just told Kareem a great story about overcoming. You know, Kareem is a baseball player, and sometimes you struck out, right? And, or you may have dropped the ball. But I guess what he's talking about is you didn't just quit, right? You know, you next time up, you know, you had a certain mentality that you were not deterred. And I guess that's what that's what life is about is not stopping when you strike out when you drop the ball it's just to keep going uh so what what uh, has how has this changed you i know that you are a very confident person uh but this has been an experience like you said like no other so how has this changed you um i guess for the better radically radically because um i'm more I'm more internal, but I'm also more external, you know, or I could say introvert or an extrovert. Now I'm focused a lot on having, being an entrepreneur is a series of hills and valleys. And if you average all that out, it may average to a straight line or you want to elevate. And, um, what I dug deep into is finding myself. So I always believed in taking care of myself nutritionally, and I always um, exercised um, because you know my background is in nutrition. So I have a good understanding of what it takes to um, of the things that I should do to maintain a strong sense of well-being. I believe in well-being. And well-being, for me, I learned more. I explored more internally. Mm. So I developed a morning routine um, where I get up early in the morning, and there's certain things I would do within a certain period of time. And I'm very consistent with it, all well-being stuff. Uh, I got more into meditation. And I meditate consistently, even when I'm in my office, because meditation doesn't have to be a long um, exercise. It could be long, it could be short. Um, I spend a lot of time informing myself by listening to like-minded people about things that they have gone through in their lives, how to make my life better, how to eat differently, how to take care of myself internally. I also have gone through a long process of breath work, learning how to breathe. I completely relearned, relearned how to breathe and to be conscious of the effect that it has on me and my well-being. So COVID has transformed me from someone who would be stressed out even though I knew all these things at that time, but I've been stressed out getting things done and I've learned how to manage my weight, manage my mind, and I'm deep internally in doing simple things to eliminate and manage stress, to be able to take care of myself because I have learned that there's not much you can do if you're not taking care of yourself, right? So, and I'm so glad you asked that question. I don't want to get too deep into it, but I've, 
have rekindled a different me within myself where there's I look at things completely differently than I did um, pre-COVID and um, internally and I was always a compassionate person I was always somebody I believe that um, that you should share and and we're all human beings and we can only be strong together and not by ourselves but it's even more so now I'm more giving now I'm if someone comes in and uh, and I'm able to help them I run towards it I don't know why I don't have any crystal ball to know why but I I realized that by by being generous with myself and the desire to make other people's lives better I make my life better right I'm in a better place mentally or without question because before pre-covid I was you know, I was stressed all the time because the, what it took to operate the business and with the fi- financial and operational challenges that we faced as a, as, a, as a black entrepreneur, we live in a different world than entrepreneurs of other ethnic hues, right? So it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Now I believe I'm in a better position to deal with it mentally. And that's the key component, is to be mentally tough. I've learned how to be mentally astute. And it's always a learning process now because, you know, as you know, it doesn't mean because you handle this today, if something comes up tomorrow, it may require a completely different mindset, right? But this period of time has given me the flexibility that I believe that if it comes in front of me and if it comes to me, I can handle it by the grace of God. <laughs> Wow, that was great. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I, I uh, so happy that uh, it's always been a great port in the storm mm-hmm. for me. Always mm-hmm. to know that you're here during the pandemic, which we're still in, by the way. I just want to let people know when I say during the pandemic, yeah. well, we're still mm-hmm. in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. have kind of like think it's over, think it's over, and it's not. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but but having said that, it was always comforting to come here. Mm-hmm. I, I mm. took out some stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, it was always mm-hmm. great just to pass by here. Of course, See, of you course. were there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is a... And no matter where I am and you call, I pick up the phone. And it doesn't matter what it is I'm doing. When you call me, it's always pleasant to hear from me. Yeah. It is always something I look forward to. Yeah. And the key yeah. thing about you, Leon, is that you always have the right sports on TV. Yeah. <laughs> See, there, I've been to... You go to a lot of places, man. And it'd be like, you know, the, the critical football game, and they got like tennis on, or you go somewhere, and they got like soccer, which was not meaning to offend anybody. Right, right, right. I'm just letting you know, you know, but you always have the right games oh, on TV. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> hey, mm. but listen, uh, mm. Leon, this is great. I know this is going to be the first of many. Glad that we could mm. begin our, our live broadcast again mm-hmm. from here. I could think of no better place mm. to do that with you, do it with really old friends you know Mark and Linda Washington uh, we may hear from them later on I don't know if we're going to wrap it up but you know it's really thing when you think about you know when I first met Mark I'm like 14 years old you know I met Linda I was a freshman at college mm-hmm. you know I was oh, like amazing. I was like 17 years old that's amazing and I remember this day that's amazing. I was taking physical science that's and amazing. Linda gave me her physical science book <laughs> unfortunately she did not give me the answer <laughs> <laughs> But you know, that's a testament of who you are and who you surround yourself with. 
I, I think I think that's amazing. I think it was she gave it to me because of Mark. <laughs> <laughs> she said this guy needs help. <laughs> but but the length of the relationship is not yeah. often that people maintain uh, that camaraderie and friendship over such an extended period of time. Right. And the fact that they got married shortly after that, right? I think in college, uh, after college. When you graduate, okay. When you graduate, yeah, yeah. Right, you didn't get married in college, right? Right, but I mean, it's just such an incredible. So, how how many years you guys been married? Am I supposed to answer that? (laughs) Fifty-one years. So that's that's another podcast. That's fifty-five. Wow. Yeah. That's really, I need, I need you to talk to my daughter and her husband, <laughs> who just got married. She just got married, I saw yeah, that. just yeah. got married. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful opportunity with uh, Leon here, um, because we always talk about young folks. So Leon, you are really a role model um, for how young folks can achieve so much. There's so much going on now, but you've had some challenges, I know. So what advice would you give to young folks um, who are just starting out, who may be struggling with certain things? What advice would you give them? I would say stay true to who you, who you are as a person and be consistent. One of the most important things to our success is consistency. If you know you're supposed to do something, do it. If you're unable to do it, for whatever the reason is, own up to the fact that you didn't do it. You know, be true to who you are and to have discipline. Discipline is crucial. Discipline is, you know, I have to do this time on this day at this time, and I'm going to be there. Not because, oh, I forgot about it. Oh, I uh, I didn't get a chance. No. Okay, so you're not going to be there? You call that person and let them know, listen, something has come up. Let's revisit this. But ownership of self, as we discussed earlier, right? Be own who you are. That's that, that's 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 a profound statement coming from your son. But it but it but it's actually true. I think that that's the key. Well, you know, it's interesting. Our daughter was a gymnast, and uh, she was very disciplined. And I say this to Kareem as well, who's also an athlete. Mm-hmm, um, and and being in athletics really teaches you discipline. Without question. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's very very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that discipline. I also like the spiritual aspect, aspect of it. So I'm glad that you're really grounded in your love for God. Can't live and without it. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And so um, I am just so pleased that we're here and able to share this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank and so I encourage all of our friends who visit New York, come to Chocolat. Thank you, thank you. Your husband is a lucky man. But I don't have to tell him that. 55 years, you know. I'll give you your money later. Hey, that's great. Hey, everybody, listen, uh, to, to uh, Leon, to uh, Linda, Mark, of course, Kareem, Kareem of course. co-host. Uh, tell everybody, you're supposed to tell everybody where to listen to this podcast. Yes, of course. Uh, thanks, uh, as always, thanks to all the listeners for listening. Um, you can uh, listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, etc., uh, follow us on Instagram at BrosPod. Follow us on Twitter at BrosPod. And we're on Facebook at Bill Roden on Sports. And let me let Leon uh, tell us where where you can uh, 
interact with Chocolat or find them on social media? Chocolat Restaurant and Bar. We're located 2223 Frederick Douglass Boulevard in Harlem at the corner of 120th Street. And are you on uh, social media at all? Yes, everything is at Chocolat Harlem. And um, our website is chocolateharlem.com. All right. All right, everybody. And get the biscuits. If you, <laughs> if you don't get anything else, get the biscuits it's and the cornbread. <laughs> Unbelievable. And everybody, just be safe. Keep listening. Uh, pray. Uh, remember this. We're still in the middle of this stuff. That's right. So That's don't, right. don't take any chances. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. God bless. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.